Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's gonna throw! Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! <laughs> Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They his buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British. We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable. What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20. Down. Touchdown. Kentucky. Jesus, Rash. Get it together. Yeah, it's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday to you. It is January 8th, 2024. Still kind of getting used to the 2024 thing. I, I have made a few mistakes on writing dates. Not many, but a few. I was always that way in school as well. It would take me a couple weeks to kind of shake it off. But it is 2024. We've had a full week under our belt now. It's a new week. Thanks for joining us. Hope you had a great weekend. TJ Walker, Justin Kalen here. Nick Roush, hopefully going to be able to join us in a bit, but we'll keep you updated on that. Get your text into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Scoots, how are you, buddy? Oh, man, I am really tired. This weekend went by way too quick. I, I struggled to get out of bed this morning. I don't know what it was. I just I did not want to get things kicked off for a new week, and I'm, I'm still trying to wake up. It, it might be one of those days I have to hit up a cup of coffee on on one of the breaks so keep keep an eye out for that might have to down some coffee it's it's gonna be a really long week quick for a quick weekend so yeah now nah, i'm okay i'll i'll get better as the day goes on it's monday you know yeah. they're always kind of shaking off a little rust to right. get things going but you know what that's why we bring the energy for people listening sure. you yeah. know they're they're feeling the same way so we've got a we've got a pep in our step it was a great sports weekend not oh, yeah. a good sports weekend scoots it yeah. was an elite sports weekend and those always make these monday early shows even that much more fun yeah no and th there's that's so true we have so much to talk about today whether it's kentucky basketball both of our teams making the playoffs and the nfl that's super exciting somehow some way we sneak in there whether we do anything with it or not is to be seen but yeah no we, we definitely have a lot to discuss it's gonna Admittedly, be fun admittedly I, I don't think either of our teams do anything but you no. know what we got another week of football right I, absolutely like we, yeah it, it, the, the Bengals just have their thumbs in their mouths uh, for a better phrase than the alternative there but no it's another week of football and you know what that's that's why they play the game you you never really know what's going to happen I really wanted Green Bay to go to Detroit it was going to be so much more fun between Rutherford and me I think an easier <laughs> I think an easier game for Green Bay they they won in Detroit on Thanksgiving Sam Laporta is going to be out so basically the the Lions top receiving option offensively I, I don't know if that's factually true but it certainly seems that way if he's not number one he's certainly number two and certainly when it comes to touchdown receptions. Uh, so I would have liked that matchup a little bit better. Dallas is a better team. It's a tougher matchup. 
but you're you're the six or the seven seed. You're going to play somebody that's pretty good, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a difficult game. And uh, took care of business though against the Bears, and that's always that's always fun. Green Bay completely and totally owns Chicago, and I enjoy every second of the Bears beat down. So that was nice. And then you all needed a little bit of help, kind of surprising help. Yeah, but. Help all the same, and the Pittsburgh Steelers find themselves in the playoffs. So congrats to you and Roush. Yeah, shout out Tennessee Titans. They are now my new number two team after knocking off the Jags. You know, when I was looking through this weekend or at the early portion of the weekend, what needed to happen for the Steelers to get in the playoffs, the Jags losing was not one of the options that I thought was going to be possible because I knew Ryan Tannehill was coming back for the Titans. It's like, oh, well, I mean, he's not any good. Jags should win this game with ease, and they didn't. So, yeah, shout-out Tennessee Titans. By the way, TJ, sports aside, how was your weekend? Weekend was great. Uh, it, it was a really, really nice weekend. One that, honestly, in so many different ways, I'll probably and likely remember for the rest of my life, weirdly enough. Uh, not necessarily the, the Florida win over UK. It was just an eventful weekend, a lot going on. Went to a wedding Saturday night, mm-hmm. a, a wedding that I, I will definitely never forget. It was at Glassworks in downtown Louisville. Have you ever okay. been there, I haven't been there, but I've got family members that have been, so I'm familiar with it. It's like you can go make like pottery and glass. Sure. You know, you can make like a vase. You you do the glass blowing. It's like a fun date night or like group activity for friends and whatnot. So I've been to a couple weddings there. You don't do the wedding in the factory where they're doing the glass stuff, but they've got a vent space above and a couple floors above and they do receptions and weddings and parties and all that fun stuff there. And when you're walking in, it's kind of cool where you see like a kiln on fire and all that stuff and people <laughs> blowing glass. And uh, it, it's just, it's something a little different. So had a wedding there, winter weddings, huge fan of winter weddings. I, I think they're unique. I think they're fun. We would have done a winter wedding scooch, but it either would have been a year engagement or a two year engagement. And the wife didn't really want either one of those, but a year, a little too fast, two years, a little bit too long. And again, I know people that get married in just a matter of months. And I know some people that wait a couple of years just to plan kind of their dream wedding, but just had to do kind of what was best for us. We wanted something like we wanted, we ended up being a spring wedding, which was really nice. And we enjoyed it, but I'm a huge fan of winter weddings. So we get, cause people just, you kind of dress differently. It's just a different kind of like theme, mm-hmm. vibe, attire, whatnot. So we're there. Uh, it's my it's my buddy. It's a childhood friend. He's in my fantasy league. Good guy. He he owns a bar, so it's kind of like a rowdy, you know, a bunch of it was kind of a rowdy wedding. All I was, things considered, I was going to say congrats, Adam, but there's no way he owns a bar. Uh, no, Adam's already <laughs> married. Good for him. We went to we went to Adam's wedding about seven years ago. I think <laughs> great time at that one as well. I had to call a Louisville City game, so I missed the ceremony, but luckily made it in time. Once the drinks were pouring at the reception, so uh, that that was many many years ago. But this one, like the groom when he walked he walked down by himself just at the start of the wedding, like people do, and like the whole reception hall like was like hooting and hollering. I'd never seen that before for like a groom. <laughs> I was like, that's awesome. I was like, good for good for Court. He deserves that. And it was just like the whole wedding was just kind of like a little rowdy. You know, they'd say something. And people be like, woohoo, you know, just from the back and stuff like that. So they wrote their own vows, and the bride goes first, and hers are amazing. And, and, I mean, I think writing your own vows is a cool thing to do. Oh, for sure. But her, hers were good. And then court starts, and his his are pretty funny. Like it's it's a it's a good start. He's got kind of the crowd laughing a little bit. Uh, he tells this story about like, and I'm 
this, I'm at a bar and this girl comes up to me and says, my friend over there wants to climb you like a tall tree. And like the whole reception hall just burst out laughing over that one liner. And like right after that scoots, the fire alarms start going off. <laughs> and like that has the whole reset, like that has everybody cracking up. Like everybody in the crowd is just dying laughing. Like this is such a quirky wedding as is. And now the fire alarms are going off. So after the laughter stops, the fire alarm's still going off, but the, the groom is like, I'll just keep going. You know, this will turn off momentarily. And right when he starts going again, this woman kind of burst in and she's like, hey, you all, this is not a drill. Unfortunately, we do have to have everybody evacuate the building. So we're on the third floor. Oh. Everybody's got to you can't take the elevators during a fire. No. So everybody you've got these like 80 and like 90 year old women and men having to climb up and down these stairs. And uh, we're like, oh, my gosh, this just this in its own right is like going to make this night very, very memorable. So we go outside. It's like 33 degrees. Everybody has to just sit in this, not sit, but like stand in this alley until we wait till what's going on. There's whispers about like, why don't we just take this back to his bar and finish it there? You know, if this is going to be because they had actually made it seem like, you know, like one of the kilns had overheated. This is a real thing. This is something that happens here. It's not like the whole building's about to explode, but like fire ambulance is going to have to fire fire trucks going to have to come. I think there may have been, I don't, think there's an ambulance but fire trucks gonna have to come and you know this is gonna be a little bit everybody so after about 30 minutes they gave the all clear uh the bride and the groom got like their picture with the fire truck and stuff like that (laughs) which was funny and so we all go back up and we're like do we sit in the same seats do we sit in different seats how much more time do we have left in the ceremony is are they going to just redo the whole thing are they going to pick up where he left off uh a lot of questions going into it. Wait, so this Every, is still this is all during the ceremony, not the reception, the ceremony. The reception has not started. No. Oh and this gosh. is not good news for us because we dropped our baby off at four. The wedding started at like four forty-five or five or whatever time it was. And we were gonna be back at like eight thirty, but we figured like five from eight thirty, that's the ceremony wasn't like a cat, you know, it wasn't a church. So we knew it was going to be relatively quick. We were like, that's probably gonna be plenty of time to eat and dance and do all that stuff. The fire delay really through a wrench in our timing with everything. So we ended up staying a little later, but it, it was all good. So we get back in. Some people sit in their same seats. Some people sit in new seats. That was kind of funny in its own right. And we're wondering if they're, where they're going to like pick up or what they're going to do. And Court's like, I think I'm just going to restart my vows. You know, her vows are still good. Those weren't ruined by the fire. I'll just kind of restart. And, you know, when he told the, the tall tree part again, everybody cracked up. He was like, I'm happy I get to say that part twice. It was good. It was uh, it was fun. So they finished the reception. Everybody was laughing. Then they had a, a cocktail hour, and then we eventually made it over the reception. And as far as I know, everything else was pretty normal for the rest of the night. Um, they had a band called, like, the Naked Karate Ladies or something like that. Come I've on. never heard. They passed out no fewer than, like, 150 ginormous like bamboo sombreros. So there's a really funny picture where you just see this reception hall and you don't even see any people because like the hats are so big, they cover up everybody's body, but you just see like 150 huge like sombrero hats and they weren't like decorated or painted. They were just bamboo and plain, but it was a, it was a, it was a weird wedding, Scooch. Like, it was a wedding that, unlike, you know, uh, a lot that I've been to. So, uh, I remember that one for a long time. It was a lot of fun. I, I disagree that it's unlike any wedding you've been Because I'm sitting here thinking, when's the last time you've been to a normal wedding? Seems like something happens at every wedding you go to. I mean, you had the dad the dad of the bride or whatever with your last wedding you went to, had to go to the hospital. Just, it seems like you get you get a lot of wonky stuff at the weddings you go to. 
That's a good point. Uh, you know, people do forget that. The wedding that I went to in the fall, it was the day of the UK-Georgia game. Uh, the, you know, we ceremony, everything good, reception's good, and then the, the, the father of the groom had uh, fallen or I think passed out, hadn't had enough water or something like that that day, and he had to go to the hospital. And so the bride and the groom were like, well, we're not going to be partying while dad is you know, in the ER. So they went and joined the dad. And so the reception was like, okay, we're going to continue with the reception without the bride and the groom. And it was fun. Like it was very enjoyable. And then we had to leave, but then the bride and the groom actually came back to that one. So you're right, Scoot. I've been on a little streak here yeah. of memorable weddings. For but sure. uh, So that was my Saturday night. And just the fact the Cats won earlier in the day, I was kind of had a, I was, I was had a bounce to my step for sure. I was kind of floating. I was so happy that the Cats found a way to pull that one out. We're going to talk a lot about that today. Happy Green Bay found a way to pull it out. Matt LaFleur tried it. Did you watch any of that Green Bay game? No, suits? no, I did not. I, I knew you all had to win, so I was just – I was score keeping up, or I was keeping up with the score, but no, I didn't watch. Like, Matt LaFleur can't help himself from time to time. Green Bay going in to score before the second half, and just terrible clock management. Uh, they they don't get a field goal off. They're on, like, the 10-yard line, the 15-yard line, and they're just – trying too hard to get it into the end zone, end up no timeouts, clock runs. They can't get the field goal unit team out there in time and no points. It, it was ridiculous, but they found a way to win. They're going to the playoffs and I will, I, I'm not a Matt LaFleur fan, but for Green Bay to go to the playoffs in year one of Jordan Love, it hasn't a bar been set for the Jordan Love era at Green Bay, no matter how long that lasts, that, hey, like the playoffs should probably be the expectation here. He's good enough to go to the playoffs. If he can do it in year one, why not year two? Why not year three? Why not year four? So I am overall happy with the season. It was pretty much the season I, I, I predicted. I think I said maybe eight and nine. They went nine and eight. I think I've said eight and nine, and they missed the playoffs by a game. So I was off by a game, but it was pretty much the season I expected. They've got a pretty solid pieces. Uh, they could certainly get better at some positions, but really impressed with Jordan Love in year one, excited about his future. And this is what Green Bay had in mind with the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. The whole plan with Aaron Rodgers was, listen, we know you're pretty close to a Super Bowl. We think you're good enough to get there by yourself, or not by yourself, but with the pieces you have, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, the Darius Smith on defense, Preston Smith on defense, Shire Alexander on defense. Uh, we're not going to forfeit our future to try to solidify the present. And Rodgers got really, really ticked off by that. I think a lot of Green Bay fans got ticked off by that. And admittedly, at times, I was like, ah, I want a Super Bowl so bad. Who cares about the future? But the whole plan was not to take this huge step backwards once you lost a Hall of Fame quarterback. And admittedly, it seems like the plan has worked. You, Green Bay did not take a big step backwards. And my expectations for next year is going to be very similar to this year and, and even better win the North next year. And, and that's, I think, totally reasonable. So happy with Green Bay season. I know we don't have a ton of Packers fans that listen to the radio. One. We do have the playoff set. Starts on Saturday. We get two Saturday, three Sunday, and then Scooch. People forget about that Monday night game. Yeah, I, me. I forgot about that Monday night game. So, no, I, I take it back what I said. I, I did watch the end of that Packers game because I remember sitting – or Jordan, Jordan – Justin Fields sitting on the bench looking all sad. And I was I started thinking, they have the number one and the number two pick, correct? Uh, I know they got the number one. Okay. I, I, yeah. So I, I don't know if they have the number two. Do they take a quarterback? 
and and use dangle both of them out there. Hey, if y'all want any any teams that need a court with all the quarterback injuries this year, I mean, I think the Bears draft quarterback. That's what I would yeah, do. That, that that's the that's the big question in Chicago is like you had their fans last week at Soldier Field chanting, "We want Fields, we want Fields." So if you think you got something in Fields, should you really waste a pick on a quarterback? Yeah, but you now, can maybe, trade. Imagine what you could trade that for. Yeah, well, maybe that's the smarter move is you'll trade down in the draft, give up the one, and then maybe try to get a bad team to get a high pick for next year's draft. So you'll get like the number five pick in this year's draft, but next year you could also get like the number four pick as well with your own picks, of course. Uh, that Yeah, they, they may want to be strategic with this, or they may see a wide receiver or, you know, another position player that they say, we have the number one pick. We'll just take them and, and get it on. I just, I but think that'd be, I agree with you. They should probably shop it. I just think that'd be such good strategy to draft a quarterback, say Caleb Williams. I guess he's probably still at the top of the board, but draft him. And then I, I don't really ever really like the trading down your pick. My, why not just draft the guy and then dangle him out there as trade bait and you can get whatever you want from what the teams already have. Yeah, because you may have some teams that will be, you know, if they can't go grab them themselves and a quarterback is being shelved, stockpiled on another team, they may say like, well, they're not, they basically don't exist. Like they're not hurting us somewhere else. They're not helping us somewhere else. Yeah, I get what you're saying that like if there's injuries or they may just say like we, but it's still going to be a rookie quarterback. You wouldn't expect him to come in and like save your season right away. That's true. Yeah. That's why that's why I think you see more teams that trade the pick instead of necessarily trade the player. Is just because with the pick, you're more likely to maybe get. Uh, I you know it, it's interesting. If you trade the player, you may get more instant player help like right then and there. If you trade the pick, you're usually getting more like draft pick help future years mm-hmm. like 2025 2026 yeah um i don't know i don't we, we we can talk more about the bears and their draft picks later i don't want to talk about it right now. same the bears suck i just bears th- i suck. thought it was interesting to think about uh if you're curious the schedule for the nfl next week you knew that this game was going to be the saturday afternoon game that was the biggest lock of all locks the browns versus the texas 4 30 <laughs> on saturday you knew that that one had four you knew that that one had 4 30 saturday written all over it that should Dolphins, be a good one it really should, and the Browns unfortunately have to go on the road despite having the better record because the Texans won the AFC South. But you'll get Joe Flacco back for the Browns. I think you can make a case that maybe like the biggest threat to the Ravens are either the Browns or maybe the Bills. So weird Browns way to say get- Steelers. I don't. I unfortunately don't <laughs> think it is. But you know what? Who knows? That's why you play the game, like I said. Uh, and then Saturday night you get Dolphins Chiefs, which I'm shocked that Kansas City is only a three point favorite. Although I'm now just seeing that that's up to three and a half. I'm surprised they are a favorite. That's a pretty wild situation last night. Did you stay up for the Sunday night football game? No, I didn't because I, I. And that's what I told Gil yesterday. I hated low key that the Titans beat the Jags because it took all the sexiness away from the Sunday night game for me because all I needed was either the Jags to lose or the Bills to lose and so once the Jags lost that game was kind of meaningless for me I mean I knew if Miami would have won that game last night Steelers would have been playing Kansas City which I kind of wanted instead because I think now we play the Bills if I'm not mistaken so yeah I would have rather played Kansas City but no I didn't stay up for it well, I mean, there's still a lot on the line. The, there was. the winner, the winner got the two. Yeah, the winner got the the two seed, and was going to be at home. The loser was going to have to go on the road to Kansas City, which is a tough challenge. And even more so, I, I retweeted this last night. But like, the game was tied. It was coming down to the wire, 
And the Dolphins were in a situation where if they found a way to beat the Bills, they were going to get to stay home and play in a 78-degree weather game next week. And if they lost, they were going to have to go on the road to Kansas City where it may be windshield like minus 20. So, Did you see who they were going to play next week if they won? They were going to play the Bills again. Exactly. Host them back-to-back weeks. That would have been wild. If you're Buffalo, you may be like, let's just stay in town. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're not going back to New York. No. Let's just let's be comfortable here. No, I I did see that. I thought that was hilarious. But the Bills end up winning, uh, coming coming back. I think the Dolphins are total frauds. But Dolphins Chiefs Saturday night, that should maybe be a fun one. But the weather is going to be pretty, pretty wild there. Steelers at Bills to get things started on Sunday at 1 o'clock, 4.30. I should have picked this one. I always like to guess the NFL schedule for the playoff games. I should have picked this one for 430. I thought this one may be the Sunday night one just because it's Dallas and Green Bay. But it's 430. That was probably the smarter choice. And then Sunday night's going to be Rams-Lions, which does have a good storyline in its own right. Stafford coming back to Detroit there. Then the Monday night game, Eagles-Buccaneers. Eagles having to go on. The road play a team that they're two games better than. Uh, Man, the Eagles stink. They do stink right now. They they're only two and a half stink. point favorites in Tampa Bay. That'll be the Monday night game a week from tonight. Do not forget, we have the national championship football game, Washington against Michigan in beautiful Houston, Texas. Get Houston out of the rotation for anything college football or college basketball related. It's a fine city. I was just there this past summer. It is not a good place to have championships. Please stop this moving forward. What time does the game start? Like 9.45 probably? (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a good point. Uh, You know, I stayed up for the game last night just because I couldn't really sleep more than anything else, and I was excited just that Green Bay had probably made the playoffs. They say 7.30 tonight, Scoops. Wow, that would be incredible. If if that's actually the time we kick off, it'll probably be closer to 8 if I had to guess, but I'm I'm good with that. At least it's not 9 o'clock. Yeah, I don't know. is it over before 11.30? Probably not. Probably not. Uh, uh, the game, I would say, is over by 11.30. The celebrations and all that, naming players of the game or whatever, no. No. All right, let's go to our first break. We'll come back. We'll get to some morning grab-and-go texters. And then, of course, after we get to a few texts, it's going to be nothing but cats and gators down in Gainesville on Saturday. What a win for UK. What a game. And no offense, not to toot our own horn, KRC pretty much called exactly how that bad boy was going to unfold. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Rouse, Justin Kalen. We'll be right back. I knew that I would not. I feel good. I knew that I would. So good. So good. But I got to you. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Ah, the best freaking team in all the land. Woohoo! And welcome back. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. There were rumors at the wedding on Saturday night that the groomsmen were gifted with Shady Rays because it makes just such a great gift for anybody. You can't go wrong with polarized shades from Shady Rays. Go to ShadyRays.com and we'll save you some money with the promo code BIGX at checkout. All one, just, you know, no spaces, B-I-G-X. 
at checkout. Save 40%. Polarized sunglasses, Shady Rays company that started right here in Kentucky. If you're unfamiliar with them, seriously, go see the website. They've got glasses for each and every occasion, including snow goggles for those that are hitting the slopes this winter season. We love Shady Rays. You will as well. Check them out today. We love Kentucky Roll Call. We love our texters. We love our morning grab-and-go texters on the Thornton's text line. Stop in at one of Thornton's 6,123 locations in Louisville. They're all great. Download that app. Become a Refresh and Rewards member. I, I, I've, I've like it's kind of silly. I mean, especially with Thornton's because it's such a good deal. But like you know, with any of like the gas stations, a lot of them will give like two cents or three cents scoots. Thornton's will do five, ten, or even fifteen. Mm-hmm. It, but it is smart to just kind of download maybe like all those apps. But when you do, you'll find out that Thornton's is easily the best of the bunch there. And our Thornton's text line bunchers are the best texters in all of radio. Uh, Plumley Bro One. You texted in morning grab and go. We're going to get to this. I will just say, though, I can't read two very, very long paragraphs about your high school basketball game on Friday night. <laughs> like, I mean, we're talking, I mean, we're talking no fewer than 15 sentences combined. Um, <laughs> holy smokes. I can't. I just can't. We only have two hours to do this. If we had four, I'd probably squeeze it in. But congrats on your win. You beat Derek Furch. Uh, we all love Derek Furch, but congrats on the big win, Plumley, bro. Uh, I will read this one because it's shorter. He says, Scoots, do we cake on any women this weekend? Yeah, I didn't ask how your weekend was, Scoots. How was your women? Did you cake or how was your weekend? Did you cake on any women? I guess that means flirt. I don't, yeah. I've never heard the term cake. Uh, no, I did not cake any women this weekend. <laughs> no, I, I was get, I was busy. What did you do? I had so I had my midway doubleheader on Thursday, and then I had a game on Friday night as well, and then a, another doubleheader at Midway on Saturday. So majority of my weekend was spent at Midway. Um, was able to leave there about five o'clock. Got to on my drive home, listen to Matt Jones doing the post or post game for the Kentucky. So I, I was able to get caught up a little bit there with how the cats played in that one, but it was really a gross drive home. It was like that misty rain all the way. So I didn't, I didn't enjoy my drive home from midway like I did on Thursday night, but no, over, overall, it was a good weekend. I had to work yesterday. It was pretty slow. By the way, we had, I guess there was like a prep high school basketball tournament going on in town this weekend. There was, I think four or five teams staying at our hotel my gosh, I've, I've never seen such tall humans in the entirety of my life. I've I've seen I mean, I was I stood next to Honest Mahmood when he was at Louisville and, and underneath in the tunnel one time. And I was like, man, Honest is really tall. No, every kid that was at our hotel was as tall as Honest Mahmood. It was unlike anything I've ever seen. My, my neck today is sore because I was looking up at him so much. I doubt everybody there was seven feet tall. Uh, TJ, I, I kid you not, the shortest guy that I saw was probably six foot three. Every, every one of them were taller than six foot three. They were huge. Well, you should have gotten their autographs. Asked if they wanted to be on the radio show. Mm, I don't know if they're that good. I should have I should have <laughs> asked around. Any of y'all heard from Calipari? Any of y'all? Yeah. No, Calipari here? No? <laughs> John here. Good morning, everyone. I'm a 38 years old today. Hey, happy birthday, John. Hope happy you have birthday, a great day, John. buddy. I'm glad I have a birthday on the same day as Elvis. I'm a big fan. Glad the Cats got a tough road victory. Okay, great. The Chiefs play on Saturday night. But am I crazy to say that I'll be watching the Aces play basketball in person instead of watching the Chiefs? Yeah, it's pretty crazy, John. Uh, I might just like basketball more, I guess. Plus, the Chiefs win all the time. Maybe I'm spoiled. (laughs) 
what would you all choose? The Cats or your favorite football team? Well, got to go talk to you later. Well, obviously, I'd choose UK, but UK and Evansville Purple Aces aren't aren't <laughs> in the same boat for me. If they are for you, that that's fine. Um, I, I I would probably watch the football game between those two, but that's just me. I'm, I'm not a huge Evansville fan. So. Well, he he just knows how the season's gone for the Chiefs and what's probably going to happen. So I'd probably watch the Aces too. But happy birthday! Have a great day, buddy. Uh, Texer on the Thornton's text line, morning grab and go Texer says off topic, but that 90 day fiance show is a train wreck. That's hard to look away from. Oh, I hate that show. Never, I don't think I've ever watched it. My mom used to be into that. It's oh, so gross. I guess it's just like the, the controversy, uh, uh, you know, the, I mean, I just, yeah, I just, I don't like it. I mean, I don't like the concept of it. Let's, let's bring somebody over here from another country. Y'all be engaged for 90 days. Then you're going to get married. Like, no. Oh, that's what they do. Like, I'm so pretty they sure know the people. I'm pretty sure that's it, how I, it works. I thought it was like, maybe like, Hey, we're a couple, but we want to get married really, really fast. Like have a expedited wedding. Hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't know. No, I think they, I think they bring foreigners over for like a off top off topic was right. Yeah. Texture says, TJ, I'm a first-time dad expecting a baby girl. Tips from a pro like you. Congrats. That's it. You're in for the treat of a lifetime. It's the best. It really, really is. Nothing in life uh, makes me happier than getting to spend time with my daughter. And we've got another one coming here that will be here in three months now. I think the three months from the due date tomorrow, I think, today. Wow. One, of the, one of the two. So we'll be here before you freaking know it, Scoots. Uh, tips. Tips, tips, tips just be a good dad and be a good husband or be a good significant other to your significant other. Uh, be patient when you can easier said than done. I promise you that. And then just know that it's not as bad as like the alarmists in your life are going to make it out to be. I feel like when I was getting advice from people, there was like three, three different ones. One people who just like, yeah, you know, they're a kid. You'll be okay. And then there'd be ones that would give like heartfelt good advice. And then there's some that'd be like, oh man, you're you're in big trouble. Kiss your sleep goodbye. Your whole life's about to be a different story. Uh, while that's kind of true, your whole life is about to be a different story, it's fun. And yeah, for a few months, you're not going to sleep very well, but life goes on. The thing you got to remind yourself, even in like the toughest times and when you're on your breaking point and you've only slept for like two hours, you got to remind yourself, people have been having kids for a very, very, very long time. And a lot of times, pretty much 99.9% .9 of human history, they haven't had the amenities that we've had to raise kids. It's easiest now to raise kids than it's ever been. And if all those people for hundreds of thousands of years or tens of thousands of years, wherever school of thought you have on evolution versus creation, you can do it too. If they can all do it, you can do it too. Can I take a You're stab? Can I take a stab at the advice well, thing? Well, you're not, you're, not you're not a parent. So, I know, but I, well, I feel like I have... I think, we're, I think we'll leave it to the parents. I feel I like we'll I have good it. advice. I think though. we'll leave it to the parents. If Roush <laughs> joins us today, he can he can chime in. No, I'm just kidding. Scoots. Go ahead. What's I was just going to say, I am not... As a not... I mean, just a wild thing to do as, a, as not a parent, somebody that... I mean, admittedly, hasn't even been in a relationship in many, many years, is going to tell somebody what to expect when expecting. Scooter Dingus, everybody. I, I think this is good advice. Good sound advice. All you got to do... Is take every day in stride. Just realize every day is going to be different. No day is going to be the same. So don't wake up every day thinking that it's going to be the same as yesterday. Babies are crazy. They're unpredictable. You never know what's going to happen with babies. So just take it, take it all in stride. Breathe at the end of the day. Realize how good you've got it. 
So that's great advice you know, just, for a just, non-dad. Just, just remember to breathe. That's all you got to do. <laughs> just give it the old breathe. Uh, that's awesome. Keep us updated. When do you do, buddy? Another texter says, I would sell my body for Jordan Love in this receivers group. Go freaking Packers. Oh, that was another thing. It's just like there's times where Matt LaFleur was taking the ball out of Jordan Love's hands. I know Jordan Love had that fumble, which he's he's got to hold on to that ball a little bit better. Kind of unlucky that the helmet just kind of poked it, but it also wasn't like a super severe wheeler type of hit. He's got to hold on to that ball a little bit stronger. But Jordan Love was awesome yesterday. He was – do I say it? Do I say the word? He was surgical. He was good. Too he was soon. really, really good. He was fun to watch. Uh, I, I – I hope that we can make it a game against Dallas. I know Green Bay's kind of had Dallas's number in the playoffs, and that almost worries me a little bit more. But it's a tough game. But I, I just hope it's a good game. Like, I hope Jordan Love kind of keeps this hot streak going. And I don't see why he wouldn't necessarily. Green Bay's offense is, is pretty solid. Uh, all right, I think those are the morning grab and go. Oh, do July 12th. Oh, you got plenty of time. I will say, like, enjoy your last – enjoy a few things. One, just enjoy – the next few months, the summer I had before my first kid, boy, did I golf a lot. And it was, <laughs> it was great because, you know, things will change in, in some capacity, not like your life's forever, never going to get back to normal, but you know, you're just not going to be able to do as much. So enjoy it up until that point. And then also your significant other or wife or, you know, whatever your, your situation is, enjoy that. Cause like, this is the last time it's ever going to be just you two. And for whatever, however long it's been just you two, it ain't ever going to be the same again afterwards. So just embrace all the moments because they go by very fast as anything in life. So we're getting a little too deep on this Monday version <laughs> of roll call. I was thinking it. You said it. <laughs> they were getting a little too deep with the Uganda post moves on Saturday as well. Let's get into the UK basketball game. I think we got to the morning grab and go textures. Yeah, There's a lot them. of UK podcast textures that we'll get to later on the show. So we'll, we'll, we still see you. We'll still get to you, but the cats come back from eight points down at halftime to win again in Gainesville. What's that six now in a row for UK down in the basketball swamp. And uh, that one just felt important scoots. And so you didn't get to watch, like you only got to hear the recap. Correct. Yeah. And I was, it was one of those things that I was trying, I was keeping up during the midway game. I had the score pulled up and I, I kept refreshing it and trying to take a peek at it. And I actually had a guy, he was in the bleachers with me about a row down, maybe a couple seats to my left and he had it pulled up on his phone. So I was able to watch a good chunk of it off of his phone, oddly enough, but I couldn't, it was so small that I couldn't really see exactly what was going on. But yeah, I, I kept up with the score. I, I heard the post game seemed like DJ Wagner was huge down the stretch for him. And, Antonio Reeves. I mean, I don't even know what else to say about that guy. He's just going to continue to score many, many points every game. So, yeah, it seemed like a fun game. I wish I could have seen the entirety of the game, but I did not. And then, of course, I get home ready to watch it after I get home from Midway, and I go to my recordings on Hulu, didn't tape it. I didn't tape it. Gil didn't tape it. Neither of us taped the game, so I didn't get to watch it at all. So, but yeah, seemed seemed like a fun time. You should go back and watch the highlights of it. It, it was a good one. Uh Cats grew up on Saturday. That's what it seems like, yeah. They grew up. And for and there was a time where I think that like Trey Mitchell was the only non-freshman on the floor for a couple of different stints. 
Um, it was not a perfect game by any stretch of the imagination for UK. I saw some people on Twitter saying that you can make a case that it was one of their worst games of the season. I would not go that far. Uh, Florida hit eight threes in the first half. And granted, Kentucky didn't play well in its own right, but you can't have your worst game of the season and overcome that deficit in a rowdy road atmosphere. Um, so I don't – like, Kentucky didn't play great. I would say it was like a B-minus game from them, a B game from them. But to, to come back and win, that's going to – that's going to carry some weight for this team. I, I think that they got a, a good taste of road life in the SEC, what it takes to win in the SEC, what it takes to win on the road in the SEC, obviously. I probably should have combined all those together. But I, I think also what you're going to see is, like, if we have a bad half, we can be okay. If we only make one three in a 20-minute stretch, which is wild from this team, absolutely wild, we can be okay. I think what they saw is that if things really aren't going our way, no need to pucker up. Like, no need to get nervous. Just relax and we'll be fine. You saw that in the Kansas game. They got down against Kansas, and before you blink, they were back up again. The UNC Wilmington game, they, they, that did seem to have just like a, a mood about them. I, they didn't seem to be playing with their normal like confidence or swagger. And again, maybe it was because DJ Wagner was out. Bradshaw was that what was that his first game? First game so he only yeah. played like I'm so, eight minutes. Or so. I'm so tired of so, hearing about the Wilmington game for that reason. Like at this point, same, we just gotta agree, throw that out. Throw that game out. It was a wonky game. You, it's you gonna just hurt mean, UK's yeah. resume. It should. It's gonna hurt UK's resume. But like the fact that people use that as like, we'll see, this team can lose to anybody. And they refuse to bring up the fact that you didn't have your starting point guard and then your big, you didn't really have your big. It was almost maybe a disadvantage to even throw Bradshaw out there, really, because yeah. mm -hmm. you're trying to get him to kind of shake off some of the rust, but you also needed to win the game and you weren't really, But although maybe the play should have been just to play Bradshaw because he has been awesome, Scoots. Yeah. He won. DJ Wagner – and Bradshaw won UK that game on Saturday. And people may say, like, how can you say that? Antonio Reeves was the leading scorer. How can you say that? Reed Shepard hit six straight free throws when it mattered the most, which that was just – there was something unbelievably satisfying just watching Reed Shepard, first off, dribble around like a Harlem Globetrotter just all <laughs> over the floor. As What was Florida doing? I get you didn't want to foul him, but, like, at some point – you just need to stop the clock. Time is more important than necessarily who's going to be going to shoot those free throws at a certain point that gets to that case. Um, like, yeah, Reed was clutch with those free throws. Obviously, Antonio Reeves, just another quiet scoring output from him. But there was a time where the game was kind of hanging in the balance and DJ Wagner just went into like, all right, I'm going to go create mode. Mm -hmm. And that's why you have to have DJ Wagner on the floor I shouldn't say at all times because people get tired and all that stuff. But, like, in important times when the game matters the most, that's why you need DJ Wagner out there. Uh, he can go create. And then the level of difficulty scoots on some of his layups and some of the shots that he hits, it's insane. Like, it's up there with as good as anybody else in the Calipari era with the difficulty of finish on some of their layups. Like, no, DJ Wagner's not going and catching bodies and cramming on people left and right. But my goodness gracious, he knows how to work off somebody. He's got a little Shea Gilgis-Alexander to his game. He's maybe a little bit more muscle-oriented where Shea is just so smooth with like the way that he moves his body. But boy, DJ knows how to work a defender's hip. He gets on that hip, and then, all right, you're going to lean over, then I'll lean in, and I'll do this little scoop layup. He's a smart basketball player. He, can, he, can, he adds a dimension to this team that other players can't do in the, in the department of being able to create. Uh, and there was this stretch where, like, 
UK doesn't win the game, if DJ just doesn't, what was it, like three straight possessions it seemed like he scored, UK needed all of those. Well, and then, of course, of course, the MVP of the game, in my opinion, Aaron Bradshaw. Not to toot our, continue to toot our own horn, but, I mean, isn't that exactly what we said at the beginning of the season when DJ Wagner had his early struggles? We broke down his game and just basically talked about how he has to be that guy that can get to the rim because he's he's one of the guys that can do that consistently. So it sounds like he's really – he did that on Saturday. He's been doing that a lot as of late, just getting into the lane and making – Cause it almost causes fits for the defense because they're they're expecting any one of the other five stars to do anything, and then DJ will show up and get in the lane. So yeah, good to see him. He got a lot of love on the post game on Saturday, so rightfully so. It sounded like. By the way, a little bit of controversy. So you watched the game? Did we get a Jeff and Stacy sighting? No, I don't. I don't remember seeing that. that. Has to be the first game this season, right? Oh that they gosh. weren't shown. Oops. How did I not bring this up yet? So it's. Halftime's ending, mm-hmm. and I, I think I've talked about this. My my dog Abe. You've you've seen him on video. I mean, you've seen oh, yeah. Abe before. Yeah. Before we had a kid, he you know he he was our kid. As as other parents around the world listening to the show can relate. Ah, the old dog kid to the real kid, and then the dog turns into like the redheaded stepchild. Nothing wrong with red hair. I like red hair. My dog has red hair, as a matter of fact. Yeah, he does. But he's a Vishla. He's a Velcro dog is what they call He's just got to be at people's hip. When I first got him, I worked from home. So, like, he's always and – then, and then once I eventually got to, like, an office job, the wife was working at home during the entire pandemic. So, like, he's always had people around, and he loves sitting on people, and he loves being near people and stuff like that. But he's a huge baby. Just – like a like a firework goes off 17 miles away, he'll hear it, he'll go hide under the bed. <laughs> and I've told you, like during UK games, like I'll I'll hoot and holler every now and then. I'm not like a maniac that's like slamming on things. I, I true I true truthfully am not. Like I'm not somebody that's like throwing stuff or like you know banging. I may do like an occasional loud hand clap and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But I and, and I'll give again hoot and hollers. But for the most part, if I'm watching the game by myself. I'm relatively tame. Again, the wife may disagree with the <laughs> the phrasing there relatively, but like I'm I think I'm relatively tame. And there could be games where like Kentucky's just, you know, up 20 from the get-go and I'm totally relaxed, but my dog can sense my heart rate. That's that because he doesn't have to be around me. Like he can sense my heart rate, and my heart rate just makes him nervous. Like when I'm worked up, it makes him nervous and it makes him scared because he's just kind of a skittish dog to begin with. So this was kind of unusual, though. He wants to go outside. No big deal. Let him out. The half's about to start. He's not in the backyard. Oh, he, no. He had ran away, which he has, like, not ran away, but he has gotten out before. But normally he's always just in the front yard, sometimes at the garage door, sometimes at the front door. Like sometimes I think he just catches a scent and he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go follow this bad boy." But he'll he'll stay relatively close. This time I looked out the front door and he was I could see him, but he was pretty far away. And I was like, "Hey, come on, come on back in, buddy." And he looked at me <laughs> and he just he just darted <laughs> the other way. So I'm mad that UK is down eight, didn't have a great half of basketball. Now and it was like kind of that miss like you know, 39 degree freezing rain. Oh, it was gross, yeah. And I know my dog, 
even though he's turning 10 this year, he's still incredibly fast. I'll take my dog at like three with his speed versus any of your all's dogs. Bring it on. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But he's a really fast dog, and there's no way that I'm going to be able to catch him. But he does like a good old-fashioned car. That's a good strategy for dog parents. Other people can relate. You just get the car. You go find them. You open the door. They think they get a car ride or something exciting in the car. They run into the car. <laughs> that wor- That did work like a charm. Uh, but fortunately for me, Scoots, he had found, I guess, a pile of dog poop in somebody else's oh, yard and made no. sure to roll all over it. So did you have to clean him up before the second half? Yeah, yeah. You probably course. missed yeah. a few minutes. Yes, yes, yes. And then so, like, I admittedly was overly frustrated. And the wife comes down and she was like, I heard you whistling and clapping. Was that because of the game? Like, what was going on? And I was upset and I was like, no, the stupid dog ran away and I just had to go catch him. And he, or, and I was like, and I was just going to look for him. And he's just, I'm so mad at him. She thought that like I hadn't found him. <laughs> so without communicating to me, she goes outside in her car and like drives around the neighborhood for like five <laughs> minutes. And she comes back in and she's like, well, I couldn't find him. And I was like, Hannah, do you really think I'd leave him out there? Like, just like, see ya, like shut the door. He's gone. See, whatever. I was like, he's in his cage. Of course you didn't find him. So it was just a disaster of a Saturday. <laughs> Thank goodness. Thank goodness the cats came back and saved my afternoon uh, because it was uh, it was really touch and go there for a little bit. That's but a great story. I love seeing Bradshaw have a bad first half and then just in the final 10 minutes say like, yeah, I'm going to take over this game. Seven rebounds for him in a game where every rebound was going to matter for UK. John Calipari had a funny quote after the game. He said, did we out-rebound him? And a reporter said, no, y'all lost by three. And he said, oh, okay, that means we out-rebounded them. Because, <laughs> Scoots, they didn't have a the arrow. My MVP yeah. didn't even play in the game. Right. Yeah, and I was worried about that. Did they give an update on him at all? General soreness. But, I, no, they said something else this game, right? Because they no, said that still, after the last game. It's still general soreness. And I had a tweet that, like, I didn't even want to necessarily send out. But, like, it's just more of my – want for a dude to get back into the fold because he is such an important player for this team. I, I do think UK wins. I don't know if I should say comfortably, but like I, I don't think I think they don't have the first half that they have with a dude the arrow. I, I, I think they he's just an important piece of this team. Supposedly Scoots, it's back spasms. Mm. For That's two what everybody weeks? is saying. Yeah, no, that 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 actually checks out. Like that checks out a lot more than general soreness in my opinion. Just being tight. Um, he went through warm-ups a bit for Florida, so it looked like there was a chance he was going to play or at least try to give it a go. But, yeah, sometimes like with a kid like him that's been growing a ton and you're using your body every day, sometimes you can't even help yourself. You don't even know. Like There's nothing you can do. It's just that's what your back's, your back's going to tighten up no matter all the treatment you do, all the yoga and stretching. Um, it seems like that's the case with him. Hopefully he'll be back sooner rather than later. I don't expect it to go much longer, but I also wouldn't be shocked if we didn't see him this week against Missouri uh, before the the Saturday game at Texas A and M. You don't need him against need Missouri. Him they lost to Georgia. Good grief! No, you don't need him against Missouri, but you you still just want him back. Yeah. You still just want him in the fold as soon as possible. But without him, Trey Mitchell did his Trey Mitchell things. A double double, quite double double for him again. Between Mitchell and Bradshaw, you needed all those rebounds. But Bradshaw, the three. That moment, that was a big-time shot for U.K. basketball. I think we're going to be seeing a lot of that three. Three heard around the world. Let's go to our first – or not our first break, but our hour one break. 
Come back, hour two. We'll talk more about this game. We'll get your text and your thoughts on it. Uh, I've got another a few other things that stood out that I just love about this team. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Justin Kalen will be back for hour number two right after. Over? You say over? I heard no badly. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here Roll. on Big Call. Radio. TJ Walker, Justin Kalen, Nick Roush going to be out today. Just some stuff went, he had, some, had to deal with some stuff this morning he wasn't planning on or expecting. So I'll just be scooting in myself today on this Monday, but a good Monday to just have two if, if there is going to be one because lots to talk about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of lots to talk about. So we we started our Kentucky discussion in that first or that second segment there. I was looking more into the box score during that break. What was up with Dillingham? Why did he only play 14 minutes? Had six points? Didn't seem like he was a factor in the game on Saturday. He played 18 minutes, I think. Oh, 18. Yeah, 18. You're right. Yeah, he, he just it just wasn't his game. It just wasn't just wasn't his game. It happened from time to time. He was turning the ball over. Uh, just couldn't really seem to to figure out something that would work. Uh, he made a he made a couple of nice passes. Uh, he, it looks like he only got rewarded with one assist, but just couldn't really get get things going. Unfortunately, he he tried some threes. They weren't falling for him. They really weren't falling for anybody for a good chunk of the evening. But it just wasn't his night. Other players were playing better, and, and he was kind of the odd man out. You'll see that from time to time. And then there'll be games where you'll have to have him on the floor, and and somebody else is going to have to be the one to sit out. But it, it was his turn on Saturday. It just wasn't his game. He was having a bad game, and to, crowd, to Cal's credit, uh, he didn't try to press the issue or force the issue. Instead, he just relied on guys that were playing better. Dillingham's a dude that just doesn't turn the ball over a ton. So for him to have four turnovers – him and another player on Florida pulling two were like talking trash back and forth. So potentially Dillingham maybe got in his own head a little bit or was trying to do a little too much or was pressing a little bit. But to Cal's credit, Scoots, uh, he didn't, you know, all right, Dillingham, not your night. We'll, we'll get you out there on Tuesday. But for now, we got some other dudes who are, who are playing better. Speaking of so not that, your night, that, is, just, worked out. is Justin Edwards ever going to have a good night? Ever? Yeah. So – I'm at the point you know, I am – I'm – what is it, DEFCON 1 is the worst? I, I mean, I'm damn near at DEFCON 1 with him. What is going on? Yeah, so my issue with Justin Edwards is almost just strictly defensively. Like, offensively, you've got a lot of better options, but if he's going to be like your last resort or the team that the defense kind of keys off of, then that's then that's a good problem to have. Like, he'll, he'll be okay. He had a few dunks um, – it looked like early on, maybe, hey, this could be a good Justin Edwards game with a dude the arrow out. You, you may want him to step up a little bit, uh, but it, he just couldn't sustain it, unfortunately. But my issues with him is I, it is shocking how far behind he is defensively. Mm-hmm. And, and and if you want to take that as like a criticism of Cal, then you be my guest. Because maybe it is, or, or maybe it's just he was he, he's that far behind just as a player defensively, and, and UK is trying to get him up to speed as much as they can. But holy smokes. He couldn't stay in front of a mailbox right now. <laughs> and I was pretty disappointed with just UK's whole defensive first half philosophy. Florida hitting eight threes in the first half, two of which scoots were banked in. There's only so much you can do of that. But 
they also missed a lot of wide open threes. Like it could have even been worse somehow. It could have still even been worse than what it was. And so much of that was Dillingham, who I do love, and Justin Edwards. They just get lost. It seems like they want to do their own thing defensively. Maybe it's a combination of both of those things, but it's either they're just kind of like going free willy out there, doing whatever they want. Go, I'll guard this guy this time. You know what? I'll double down this time. Why not? Or the lack of discipline on the defensive end isn't good enough for this UK team, and that would fall on the coaching. Him and Dillingham gave up so many wide-open threes in the first half on Saturday that that is much more concerning than any of his offensive cons- like woes or struggles, which, you know, he's not a great shooter. He's going to be somebody that needs to kind of rely on slashing and getting to the rim. That's fine. UK's got plenty of offensive options until Justin Edwards wants to figure it out. But if if he's kind of, you know, going through the motions or doing whatever offensively, and that's the defensive effort we get, or the defensive performance, because effort can sometimes be unfair, but at least performance. If that's the defensive performance we get, you can't play them. You just cannot. And maybe the players just weren't listening to Cal, or maybe this was Cal's strategy, but that first half was not good basketball all around. Uh, but especially on the defensive end, a team that's hit eight threes, you don't need to double down or dig down in the post. Let them beat you in the post. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have Trey Mitchell guarding a seven foot two dude anymore. You've got some bigs down there. If they score over top of you or they score in the paint, then you can live with that and you can move on. But stop giving the wide open threes and scoots to Calipari's credit and to the players' credit, although. You didn't see as much of Justin Edwards and Robert Dillingham in the second half, so maybe that's the correlation here. Much to their credit, the defense was much better in the second half. Uh, They only gave up one three. They stayed in front of their man most of the time, and Florida scored 45 points in the first half, 40 in the second, but I didn't like some of the foul calls there late in the game. It really probably should have been closer to like 35 points which a 10-point swing in the second half, that's putting the clamps down, baby. That's this team waking up. That's this team growing up. And I saw I saw takes on Twitter of people being like, actually, it was a good defensive performance. No, no, it was not. It was not a good de- – because you can't – it was a good second-half defensive performance. Yes, it was. That first half was terrible. That was really bad. And, again, Florida made them pay because they were wide open a lot of times. And it could have even been worse than that. And I hate to point fingers, but a large chunk of that was Justin Edwards and Dillingham just being lost in transition, even in the half court, just taking gambles they didn't need to take, which led to wide open Florida threes. Uh, they, they were not their best game, those two. Love them. They'll be fine in the long run. At least Dillingham will. Edwards, I still just not giving up on. He's got time to figure it out. That's the nice thing about this team. If this team didn't have as much talent, then it, we'd be a little bit more concerned. Like mm-hmm. you, You'd have to have Edwards start to wake up. But in the meantime, like Reeves, again, leading scorer on this team. He was the leading scorer on Saturday. DJ Wagner, he had a stretch where he was just totally and completely unguardable. Trey Mitchell, he can still knock down shots. Uh, Aaron Bradshaw, of course, he can knock down shots. He knocked down the big one. And then Reed Shack. Like, you've got other people to lift these people up until they figure it out. That's good. But defensively, that first half, luckily it wasn't as bad as it could have been or you could have been sunk at the halftime mm-hmm. they weren't and and we call and i've tweeted that out at halftime that like hey water's gonna find its level on shooting uk outscored florida by what 12 in the second half from behind the arc or maybe just nine but it, it, it found its level a little bit we knew kentucky was gonna make a run and they did so all things 
uh, all things being considered, it's a it's a great road win. It's a great way to start SEC play, but plenty to learn in that first half. And the good thing is they did. They did learn. They learned at halftime, and they played a lot better. So speaking of from behind the perimeter, that. I never really thought with past UK seasons that I would be shocked to see them only hit five threes, but to go five of 20 from behind the arc, I was that number really stood out to me because this has been a really good shooting team from deep and they've hit. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know the official number, but it seems like on average about nine and a half, ten a game. So for them to only hit, be halfway to that mark, that was a little alarming. No, for sure. And they only had one three at the half, which like, again, you were kind of surprised they weren't down a little bit more given how the first half had had unfolded. They just, it wasn't a great shooting night. Antonio Reeves missed five threes. Mm-hmm. A lot of them looked like they were going in. Uh, I didn't really have an issue with any of those misses necessarily. Um, Dillingham 0-4. You're not going to probably get a game that he doesn't at least hit one. Shepard won a three, 56%. He was only 33%. So it was a bad shooting night, and they still found a way to win. That's why this this is really, really impressive. Uh, I do need to just, like, briefly – well, well you know, maybe, this, maybe this will get brought up. Scoots, I'm, I'm going to lose my mind on the, like, Calipari has changed. <laughs> Thank goodness Calipari has changed takes. They're so dumb. They're coming from the same people that were the biggest Calipari haters off the get-go – and they just think that, like, because this season's good, oh, now Cal's doing the things that I want to do. No, you all, this season's good because UK may have five first-round draft picks. That hasn't been the case the last few seasons. And this idea, too, that UK's off, just because Jonathan Giovanni says that UK's offense is outdated, that's one person's opinion, and quite frankly, it's a dumb opinion. It's just a bad opinion. People can have bad opinions. I have bad opinions from time to time. But it's a, it was always just so fabricated and seemingly almost like intentional to try to maybe like hurt Cal or hurt UK's recruiting efforts potentially. And again, we know how media members work. If you give them the, if you give them the good, they're going to go to bat for you. So what if a rival coach told Jonathan Giovanni, hey, when you're kind of breaking down UK's film, can you take a few shots at UK's offense? We're recruiting against them for a lot of guys. It wouldn't hurt to have that. UK's offense last year was not where it wanted to be. We're not where I wanted it to be. And then the offense during the pandemic year, the nine-win season, was terrible. Besides that, I think UK and Ken Palm has always been under Calipari, like top 20, top 25. Maybe 16 wouldn't have been there, although I think it probably would have been. Maybe 18 would have been a little bit further back. But for the most part, UK's offense is consistently good under John Calipari. Um, the last couple seasons just haven't been as fun altogether. Offense, defense, postseason runs, you name it. But the reason things look better this year, you all, is because UK has, at any given time, four or five guys that can knock down threes on the floor, which you can only have five guys at a time. So if you have all five guys that can knock down threes, well, that's pretty good. And then they have five first-round draft picks, potentially. Maybe seven just people that get drafted entirely. Like, it's a dominant team. It's a really, really good team. That's why the team looks the way that it does this year. Not because Calipari looked in the mirror and said, I need, oh my gosh, it makes sense to me now. I need to shoot more threes. What was I thinking? I'm a little ignorant with all this, but hasn't Calipari had to change every year with every new team he brings in? Doesn't he have to kind of change some of his philosophies to – mold what they're doing on the floor around the guys he has on the team? 
Yeah, nobody's adjusted because he. You're, you're exactly right. Nobody has more turnover from a year to year basis than Calipari over the last 15 years. He's had to do that. Yeah. He's had to adapt and he's had to play differently. And he's got the way that he wants to play and he's got a style that he likes to play. And I do agree that at times I haven't always loved having as many non shooters on the floor that he's had. But on the flip side, if you really want to look at something that's changed over the last few years, UK's defense under Calipari has gotten a little bit worse. And again, having Oscar Shibway, that he was a bad defender. So that's going to having him for two years where you're playing him 35 plus minutes a game, that's going to that's going to hurt your defense on the overall. But it's been a little while since Calipari's had a dominant defensive team. Even that Grady tie tie team we all loved and when they were healthy they were a really really good team and they were really good offensively um but they weren't good defensively and the the year before that was the nine win season they were actually probably a little bit more what we're used to defensively from calipari but still not not up to snuff and it's if you want to talk about maybe like a part of calipari's norms that have changed a bit it's probably it's definitely more on defense than it is because this team has several people that can't really guard people um and i don't know if that's going to change in the next two months necessarily now the beauty of this team is they can just flat out outscore folks um and i and, but they will get better they'll improve defensively i think i made the take that i think by march they'll be like a solid defensive team or a good defensive team i'm not going to bail off that just yet but they definitely have a few people that that can't guard all that well but yeah, you're right. He's always having to be flexible with his personnel more so than maybe any other coach in America. So all that stuff, you're starting to get that now that like, listen, I never disliked Calipari. I just wanted him to change. It's so dumb. <laughs> Let's get to the Thornton's text line. 502-414-1450. Uh, okay, we had that X, but that one's not right. Okay. Should start on Monday, right? Yeah, I, I zoomed past Monday. It was where my issue was. I'll read the first one. Go Texer on. says, I think what sucks the most about the Big Z situation for me is that every time we score a bucket, that dude is up and celebrating like crazy. That dude loves this team, and I hate that he can't play with them. Yeah, so you got some the, – the billboard thing on Friday, which uh, I don't know if we got to talk about on radio. I did we the didn't. Twitter space, no. and I got to talk about it. Uh, shout out to the Sack Pack, the Rup to No Good Gang, Big Blue Bud. They raised, what, $3,600 in just a matter of a few hours to get a billboard outside the NCAA Eligibility Center saying free Big Z, and it's going to go up in about a week, which I'm right there with Big Blue Bud. I, I think he's got to be thinking that, like, please. I mean, on the one hand, get eligible beforehand, but also, like, if he got eligible beforehand, and then this billboard goes up afterwards. <laughs> bad luck. I, bad luck, I suppose. But we all do want Big Z to get eligible whenever that may be. But that was hilarious. And he had some people tell on themselves with that sort of thing. Like, why are they doing a billboard? Couldn't that money be spent on charity? Biggest, some, I mean, there are a portion of UK media members that are just some of the biggest dorks in all of the world. It was something fun, folks. It was something, it was like fun. It was just something that was supposed to be fun. That's what sports are supposed to be. Uh, and I can't wait to see the finished product, but well done from those gang and all UK fans that, that contributed. Like there's a fun feeling around this fan base again. And I, I, I can't help but feel like there's a few people that just want to still have their thumb on like miserableness. Uh, but not here, baby. Won't happen here. Won't happen with the Rup to No Good gang. Uh, we're going to enjoy this season, rightfully so, because you don't get teams like this all that often. I kind of hate the narrative surrounding Big Z, and it's not a widely 
utilize narrative, but the narrative that the NCAA is doing this to spite Kentucky is just, I'm so tired of hearing that. It, if the NCAA had everything they needed, Big Z would be clear. I mean, first off, you have no idea what they have or don't have. Oh, I know, but I mean, it, it just you're seems... Talking, you're talking out your butt just, just like anybody else is. It just seems like if if they, he had given them everything they need, there there wouldn't be any hesitation with getting them cleared. The, I I don't like I don't really see the NCAA's out to get UK angle that much. Maybe I've right. seen a tweet or two about mm-hmm. that back in the Ennis Cantor era in 2011. That was much more prominent and understandably so because you had like Pete Thamel who was not working for the NCAA, but he just went over to like Turkey to do this story to try to get somebody ineligible. Weird weird times, different times. Um, so I, I I agree. Like I don't think this is like the NCAA trying to get UK. I don't even know how important Big Z is to the big picture of all this stuff. But I do like – he's having – he was wearing a free Big Z T-shirt. I think a couple other (laughs) players were, which is funny. That is funny. He did, like, the the final dunk before the the – war. you know, to to conclude the warm-ups, which he's being embraced by this team, and he loves this team. I hope he gets eligible – but I at least just like seeing him smile. He seems like he's having fun regardless, right? Yeah. And I, I do think like the eligibility stuff, yeah, you want him eligible because he wants to play. Who doesn't want to play? But I also just think people need to realize like you're probably not going to see big minutes from that dude if he does get cleared, mm-hmm. which hopefully he does. I think he will. It's just it was a weird situation. There's a guy coming in super late in a semester. He's got a he's got a very interesting background as is. There's credit, you know, you're wondering what what translates that may be more of an academic thing from an eligibility concern, but it may all be lumped together. But regardless, we're all hoping that he gets cleared here soon. LaFleur deciding to throw the ball with eight seconds left to get a worthless five yards was so dumb. If those yards make that much of a difference, then your kicker's not meant to be an NFL kicker. Questionable coaching. Yeah, I mean, he's I don't trust him in important situations. Uh I think his team likes him, and that's important. I think his team plays hard for him, and I think that's important. But I just – I don't really trust him in time management situations and, like, points. Do you need field goals, two-point conversions? You know, what's the smart math here? I don't trust him there either. Another texter says, I don't think DJ gets nearly enough credit for how important he is. All of his layups he made against Florida were incredibly difficult. Can't beat his man off the dribble – at will creating a space needed for others definitely my favorite player on the team i think you mean he can beat his man off the dribble which yes he can and yeah no i totally agree like everybody rightfully so was going nuts about bradshaw's final 90 seconds rightfully so the the block shot that led to the shot clock violation and then the three which i saw a lot of people being like i've never been more no 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 yes why are you saying no to a 63% three-point shooter that is wide open, that doesn't have anybody within 30 yards of him. Who was saying no on that one? I get it. Like, you don't, when you think of we need a big three, Bradshaw's probably not your first candidate, but like, check the numbers, baby. I'm totally, anytime that dude wants to shoot an open shot, you let that bad boy rip. And just as clutch as that one was, was the inbounds play that Calipari designed that led to him knocking down that what? 18 footer that was a huge shot and he has ran that play before but that's the first time I can ever remember him running it to a big maybe Olivier Saar got that shot a couple times I think Olivier Saar did so let me let me rescind that Olivier Saar definitely got that shot a few times um 
but he, he normally runs it to like shooters to guards. You know, he's all right with a, a guard shooting that shot. Instead, he ran it for Bradshaw, and that was a big play. Like if you don't score there, maybe Florida comes down and hits a three, and you're buried potentially. Not impossible to think. That was a big shot from Bradshaw. I love the celebration and the reaction there from Calipari. Hell of an inbounds play. And this is another thing that just I think people that don't know ball scoots, I just disagree with them, where they complain about Calipari never runs an inbounds play. He never runs. Like, you know, I, I do think that's a that can be a useful tool to have, inbounds plays. Mm-hmm. But I like the way Calipari does it. Normally it's let's just get into our offense and we'll score that way. And then when you really kind of want to be gimmicky, he has something up his sleeve. But, you know, the teams that do inbounds plays for everything, the opposing defense is ready for it each and every time. You can kind of lull them into, oh, well, they're just going to throw it up to their big and then kick it back out and reset their offense. Okay, so they're kind of playing a little more lackadaisical. Here comes a screen. And by the way, go back and rewatch this play for people that, you know, are X's and O's geeks like me. Look at the screen that Bob Dillingham sets to get Bradshaw open. The smallest guy on the floor goes, I mean, that was a legal screen. Dillingham probably should have been called for a foul, realistically. But go watch that. I'm going to retweet it here soon. But go watch the shoulder or the elbow that Dillingham just puts into this big dude that just stops in, in his tracks that allows Bradshaw to get the open shot. God bless Robert Dillingham. God bless him. That was a hell of a screen. The play doesn't happen without Dillingham doing that. And the smallest guy on the floor go, that's Tyler Eulis type stuff, dude. Mm-hmm. Like the smallest dude on the floor, just going and like laying a shot into a big dude to get your big dude open. And then that big dude hits the shot. This team is so much freaking fun scoots. By the way, I, so I went back and I watched the segment with Bradshaw having the block. And then that three, that three was a, a design play for him. He knew immediately when he kicked it to his yes. left that he was going to go to the top of the key and get it back and be wide open for a three. And and credit to him, he was ready. He was in the right spot on the floor, ready to shoot when he got the ball and knocked it down. So, yeah, it was a, it was a great play design there. It, it, it was. It was. And I, I, I get it. Like, you probably want Reed Shepard shooting that three or you want Antonio Reeves shooting that Yeah, but that the defense three. is expecting that. They're not exactly. expecting Bradshaw to fire it up. Yes, and that's why there was nobody within 30 yards of him. And you see the people in the crowd being like, yards. you know, I don't know if this dude can hit this shot or not hit this shot, but he's wide open. You start to see, like, the hands on the cheeks, bef- that, well, the, the face cheeks, before he even lets that ball release. And uh, because they know that, like, it, you're D D1 player at Kentucky and you're getting that much space to knock down a shot, let's knock it down. That being said, I love the fact that they, may, they put an emphasis on trying to get Shepard the ball for those important free throws. It worked. Uh, Florida, what are you doing? Just con- like I get the idea of going and trying to get fouls and getting a couple baskets, but you're you're just trading twos for twos, baby. Like you're not going to come back doing that. You needed to shoot a three, and then Scoots, you didn't get to see this, but Reed Shepard with like point eight seconds left, he or maybe like a, a one point two seconds left or whatever it was. UK's up two, and it's just like if you hit these two, it's over. There's not enough time left in the game. Of course, it's Reed Shepard, so what does he do? He makes them. Florida throws a long inbounds play. There's like 0.8 seconds left. There's like a second left. Reed Shepard, inexplicably, up four, tries to block the three. They They call a foul on him. So everybody's like, oh, man. There's 0.4 seconds on the clock, so you still feel 
really good about UK winning. It's going to take just like an absolute freak miracle mm-hmm. for Kentucky not to win this game. The dude makes the two free throws. UK brings in all the huge people and they, you know, it, there's not enough time to do anything. The game, the game's over, but Reed, a tape brute, you too making a bad decision. Not you. That doesn't happen often. Actually, no, he's a he I makes s- mistakes too. He's human just like anybody else. But the thing is, that wasn't a foul. And like so many of those stupid late calls, like when Florida would just drive to the rim, just trying to get a quick two, and they would give them those whistles. Yeah, right. You're not doing that with nine minutes and 20 seconds left in the first half. You're not calling that a foul. You're calling it a foul now because Florida's seeking out contact and you're happy to give it to them because they're at home and you're you, you, that's just what referees do in college basketball. Um, but Shepard didn't foul him for what it was worth. That being said, get the hell away. From, like, you know, get away. They, there's no four-pointer on the floor. They only had .8 seconds. You were good. Like, you, you had nothing to worry about there. So but. was that was that his boneheaded play of the game? Because I feel like every time I watch Kentucky, as much as I love Reed and as good as he has been for Kentucky, he is good for one boneheaded play every single game. What was one of the other boneheaded plays? Uh, it's just like bad decisions in terms of passing is normally what it is. Like, what are you doing, man? That that pass wasn't there. And I'll I'll have to point him out in the future. But he is he he's good for one just dumb play every single game. Reed Shepard, known for his terrible passing. No, he's great. I, no, he's a freshman. Freshman make yeah, mistakes. Exactly. There's no doubt about it. That was a big one uh, to foul that three point shooter. Ended up not mattering. Thankfully, you're up four, but. A valuable lesson learned in a win. You want to learn them in the wins uh, and then and not so much in the losses. And hopefully this team doesn't have a lot of losses. Let's take our final break. We'll come back. We'll keep getting at the Thornton's text line. Catch win. Makes for a fun Monday radio show. This is Kentucky Roll Call on the Big Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. One final segment, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. The best producer in all of radio, Justin Kalen, a.k.a. Scooter Dingus, a.k.a. Scoots, and myself, TJ Walker, joining you on your Monday morning. Victory Weekend always makes for the best radio shows. I may have to hit up some Salsaritas. Oh, we need to announce the winner of Salsaritas on Instagram. We gave away a free entree, Scoots. Nice. Congratulations to that person. You're in for a real treat. Yeah, Salsaritas is one of their two locations in Louisville, Middletown, and St. Matthews. Middletown location has a drive-thru in this cold, chilly weather. Don't get out of your car. Just go right through the drive-thru. All right, I'm going to pick a name at random, and we're going to go with... Uh, Evan Kesey, Kesey, Evan Kesey, ekesey24 on the old Instagram. Uh, reach out to me. You're the winner. You win free salsaritas. Way to go, buddy. What if they're right. not listening? Maybe you should reach out to him. If, if they're not listening, then I'll read somebody else's name tomorrow. By the way, I got a couple things to pass along here. Um, okay. if, if you want more scoots today and the rest of this week, I will be on Rutherford this week. What? Not, not tomorrow, but I'll be on Rutherford today and then Wednesday and Thursday as well. So Where's where's Trevor? Another one of his vacations, I guess. He works so hard. He deserves to, a trip away every now and then, I guess. 
Jeez, oh, Jeez Louise. No kidding. No kidding. Also, so you got so you got Rutherford all week except tomorrow. Except and Friday. Okay, and then Spears, what's your Spears schedule? Uh, all week, other than today. Okay. So no today. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. It's a little confusing. Okay, well, good. I'll, I'll, I like more scoots. I'm happy, Camper. That means uh, I'll be tuned into the Rutherford show to hear what you've got to say. Uh, it's got to be just the twilight zone for you. One more, the morning show talking about like national championship, optimism, <laughs> excitement, and then by the afternoon, everything's dead. <laughs> Will they win another game? Speaking of, I, and that's something else I wanted to bring up was I, I didn't hear the post game, but did. Did Kenny really ask for walk-ons? Is is that something that really happened? I saw the tweets too. I don't know. I didn't see the actual audio if it, if he did say it or not. He could have been saying it like tongue in cheek or seriously. But yeah, JJ Trainer's out for the year. Obviously, Dennis Evans out for the year. They lost Trent Flowers to Australia. Uh, like they they're they're running out of bodies. Don't forget Karan Davis. Karan Davis was <laughs> kicked off the team, and then question mark. He transfer and <laughs> it's a, a mess. mess yeah yeah well have 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 fun i don't know what we're going to talk about for three hours i, I physically three. cannot talk three hours of louisville basketball today the thing i'm going to love is like hopefully it's going to be like a bunch of L transfer portal football talk <laughs> your favorite yeah i don't know if i'm down for that either your favorite <laughs> uh yeah all right well i'll be listening to the big x locally owned station Thanks for tuning in to Roll Call and all the other shows. Text on into the Thornton text line, 502-414-1450. We can keep these texts going. I've got a few other little nuggets that I was going to get to about the game on Saturday, but the textures I'm sure are going to bring them up. Kentucky's inability to get boards that then lead to Florida points is making me lose my mind. I thought for the most part, UK rebounded pretty well, stayed disciplined. But yeah, there were a few times where it was just it wasn't so much like the ball bouncing the wrong way necessarily. It was effort, and you don't want to see that. But 90% of the game, I think UK was pretty locked in with what they had to do rebounding. This isn't going to be one of the best rebounding teams in college basketball, which is funny because you're coming off two years where you had quite literally maybe the best rebounder in the history of college basketball. And next year, I don't think rebounding is going to be too much of an issue. But for this season, it's not really any one player's strength on the team. So it's going to have to be collective. It's going to have to be. And I think as long as they just remember that, they'll be okay with it. Like, And I think the coaches are doing a good job to emphasize like all five need to rebound. I will say, though, like in a different world, if Oscar had come back on this team, which, I, you know, we'll have to judge that. Well, we can have this conversation maybe in April or May, and, and it'll be more appropriate. But I think I'm happy that he didn't, all things considered. Like, mm-hmm. I I like the fresh start. I like the way the offense isn't focused on throwing it into the paint. I like that you have five people that can stretch the floor. I like that you can throw shot blockers into the mix. Because, you know, Oscar's not making that play that Aaron Bradshaw made there with 90 seconds left in the game. And, and we all love Oscar. But, like, all things considered, I'm, I'm happy that he's not here. I'd say the one thing that kind of hurts this team not having rebounders is scoots imagine if you had oscar down there as like a guaranteed rebounder Mm -hmm. and you could tell all the guards just to go yeah you know like like you all get instead you're having to tell some of the guards like hey come in and help rebound which is more appropriate probably and then they take off going but if you had a sure thing like oscar and you could have three guards leak out and you have one guard you know come take the outlet pass i mean great googly moogly 
this team would probably even be a little bit better offensively, but I would imagine they'd probably be pretty worse defensively in the margin for error defensively. I don't yeah. I don't know that I agree they'd be better offensively. How many if Oscar's on this team, how many points do you think he's averaging? It's a fair question. I mean, it's a fair question. I just think that like you would be able to run more. And yeah, this team is built to run. And the only thing that's stopping it from running sometimes is just the emphasis on having to rebound. And if you didn't have to worry about having your guards to go rebound, then like you would just, I mean, you could do an outlet pass and have a Reed Shepard wide open three mm-hmm. frequently, yeah. potentially. And then other teams couldn't go for offensive rebounds because if they did, well, Oscar's going to get it and it would limit teams to one. I, I, I don't know. I think their points per game would probably be pretty similar. All things said, I'm, I'm happy with the makeup of the roster. And I can guarantee you, for as much as we're frustrated at times defensively with this team, if you had Oscar as your five, it would be much worse. Mm-hmm. It'd be much worse. Um, you got a you got a Kingsley provided some decent minutes for yeah. UK on Saturday. Scooch, you didn't get to see it, but there was like three out of four possessions it seemed like where UK where he found himself with the ball on the block like one on one. And the first time he makes this little move probably from much further out than he should be realistically, probably from about seven feet ish where you want to be closer to three or four, or, you know, right at the backboard. He does this little like turnaround hook lefty hook. It's pure as the morning do <laughs> splash. I mean, it was awesome. Then he tried to do it a couple more times and didn't not as, not as successful. Hey, by the way, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I want to thank you for that phrase because I use it on broadcasts all the time. Pure as the, Pure morning, as the morning do. do. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's original to me. Uh, but it's, it's not, great. But it's great for I'm us. happy. I'm happy I got it into your lexicon. Also, hand up. I was wrong with you, Gunna. I, I I mean, I'll I'll be the first to tell you I did not think coming into this season that he would provide anything for UK. I th- I, th- I said at the beginning of the season that anything you got out of him would be a bonus. He's he's coming into his own. He's played a lot better. I, I obviously didn't get to see the game on Saturday, but the last few games I've seen you gonna in. He's he's doing okay. Like for a reserve five. Yeah. My goodness gracious, what a gift to have as mm-hmm. a five. Yeah. Like I, I, you know, again, you think back to your best UK teams. He's better than Daniel Orton in 2010. Well, that's not hard. He he's better than Eloy Vargas, or I would. I mean, Kyle Wilcher was like a stretch four more than he was a five, but he's better than Eloy Vargas. In 15, the fives there were probably better than Uganda, but that's, I mean, those you had Dakari Johnson, Willie Cauley-Stein, Carl Anthony Towns, so that was incredibly deep. I, I don't think UK's ever had a better backup five besides 2015, unless I'm just kind of forgetting a year. So I agree with you. I saw some people criticizing Cal for, like, the offensive post plays to Uganda. If those were designed – that is fair criticism. Like you, I just think it was kind of the the flow of the offense where like you gonna had scored and he had had somebody smaller on him and the guards could get him the ball. And I think you gonna maybe needs to be more, uh, I guess, aware of the kick out. But I don't know if that was set play designs. If they were, then that's bad, and we don't need to be doing that. I think it was more just like the motion of the offense. They got the ball into Uganda. He felt like he had a good matchup. He hit the shot once, and then the other times they just, you know, they didn't fall. But um, he didn't have any black shots either, and that, that's where I think he's going to be best. Mm-hmm. But offensively, he had an and one scooch where he was kind of running in transition. It was a difficult catch. He not only caught it, but he finished the basket and got fouled, where a year ago you bet your sweet biscuits – 
he's just dropping that ball out of bounds. Yeah. He's not catching it. Like no chance in France he's going to. So he has made some strides. He'll continue to get better. And for a reserve five, oh, yeah, I totally agree with you. A texter says, I'm convinced a foul will be called by an SEC official anytime a player goes to the hoop against UK. Yeah, the end there was ridiculous. The first one, UK probably was contesting a little too much, gave them a reason to. The second one was just like silly season. Like what are we even doing here? I'm convinced of, oh, uh, Texter says, okay, they just sent it in twice, so I wasn't mistaken (laughs) on that. Hunter Dickinson could commit murder and the refs would give him two shots. Did you see that, Scoots? I didn't. No, who'd they play this weekend? They played TCU. Oh, that's right. There was yeah. like it was close. 45, 45 seconds left or a minute left or something. And TCU's up two at Fog Allen. And Kansas has – they try to throw it into Hunter Dickinson. The ball gets stolen. And now TCU, with under a minute to play, has the ball up two at Fog Allen, except Wade. Floppy McFlopperson, Hunter Dickinson, <laughs> catches a stray hand out of nowhere – Falls down, acted like he's Abraham Lincoln at Ford Theater, and they call a flagrant foul on TCU. They go review oh. it, and they act like this hand was intentional. Totally bogus. Kansas gets two free throws. They tie the game and the ball. They go ahead. So instead of TCU being up two with the ball under a minute to play, they get the ball back down two because Hunter Dickinson flopped. Did you see that he's only been called for, is it 21 fouls in 14 games? What? 21 fouls. A seven foot two dude who's nearly in on every play in the paint, almost every rebound, and he's only been called for a little over a foul per game. Is that, is that one of those things, though, that's misleading because teams are not going inside as much as they do against other teams just because of his big presence in there? To an extent, potentially, but like, are we that is, to believe that that's no an outstanding are, number? Are no teams going inside against Kansas at all? Like, no, of course, teams are going to go drive inside or throw it into their post every now and then. I mean, he is a shot blocking threat, but that he's not Anthony Davis down there. Uh, Texter said Anthony Davis had more fouls than that. <laughs> Tyler Thornsberry, I, I just I love uh, Wild Thornsberry, underrated show. Tyler Thornsberry on KSR YouTube is right. We've got some hippos on this team. The hell's that mean? Did you see that? Scoots. No, I don't have. I have no idea what that means. We we love Stephen Peake. He had a a funny tweet. Um, let me see if I can pull it up so I can get the. He said, "I love this comment on one of his YouTube channels," and the comment was, "I really, really wish people would stop referring to tough basketball players as dogs. It was always ridiculous, but now it's gotten out of hand. If you're really going to compare yourself to an animal, why a dog? They're known more for their loyalty and companionship than their toughness and ferocity." Hell, my dog cries when he hears thunder. My dog doesn't cry when he hears thunder, but pretty much everything else, he's right there with you, buddy. Uh, The person goes on to say, generally speaking, cats are much more ferocious than dogs. Would you rather run up on a tiger or a cocker spaniel? And don't even get me started on bears. You know what really is tough and vicious? A hippopotamus. This team has some real hippos. (laughs) So that kind of made the rounds in UK Twitter. Hippos are the most uh, dangerous animal in the world, if you didn't know. You buying that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You seen the teeth was, on those I thought, things? I thought it was mosquitoes. Oh, you might have got me on that, actually. I do think they say that, like, hippos kill more people than any other, like, safari animals in Africa. Yeah. I think that's – I've heard that I before. think they kill more people than any other animal, aside from maybe mosquitoes. You might have got me there. 
Scoots, a full-grown lion versus a full-grown giraffe. Who's winning? A uh, lion. No, the giraffe beats his ass. What the how? Come on. Because he's uh, 90 feet tall and not a little cat. Yeah, but how's he going to attack the lion? Was he going to sling his neck into his side? First off, potentially. And secondly, it's got ginormous legs that are stomping machines, like one little hoof on that lion's neck. And good night. Hmm, I'll have to think more about that one. I, I think I think lion that takes a, that. That was a big Trevor, TJ, Roush thing from like 18 or 19. Uh, but no, it's like it's it's you go you go see a healthy, full grown giraffe video versus lions they beat they beat their ass well and i guess if they're one-on-one yeah i would i'd probably take the giraffe but if if we got multiple lions i mean giraffes are hard to take down for lions so yeah i don't i, I think okay you might have swayed me and even when you have a bunch of them sometimes they'll get on the back and then like the giraffe will just do like the little buck thing and uh-huh. then it'll like they fly right off, off and- yeah Oh, yeah. Uh, Texter says, I'm not a Jeff Goodman fan by any means, and he always seems to be speaking out the side of his mouth. But point being, this Cats team is even making him walk back some of his takes, and that makes me excited moving forward. He's still a clown, though. Yeah, Doster said yesterday that this UK team is national championship good. These people just have no freaking shame. And, and like, they're not – what they're saying about UK now is accurate. Like, it's it, – they're just – they're following the data. Lachlan McLean. God love him. He's the man. He would always like he'd never admit he was wrong. He would just say the data had changed, and it's just <laughs> such like a hilarious little pivot. They're like, well, you know, when I had said that, I was actually right, but then the data changed, and now I'm just right by saying this new take. When people would be like, no, you were wrong all along, and now you're just trying to backtrack. That's a little bit what the field of '68's doing. And if it if they just wouldn't have been so ferocious in the off season, if they wouldn't have been so matter of fact in the off season then I, I would be willing to like give them grace and buy into it. But I remember Rob Doster saying that Kansas was going to beat the absolute dog you-know-what out of Kentucky in the Champions Classic, and that this Kentucky team, and this was after Trey Mitchell had joined the fold, was not nowhere near a Final Four contender. It's just like they were so, so had their foot down on their UK takes. If they would have just said, like, you know what, I, I don't think this freshman class is all that great, and I, I worry about freshmen playing in very experienced college basketball games nowadays. They may they have a lot of talent, but and if they click, they could be really, really good. But I'm gonna need them to see I'm gonna need to see them click before I buy into it. If they would have just said that, then I would be all right with it. Mm-hmm. I'd be okay with it. But instead, they were just so sure that DJ Wagner and Rob Dillingham couldn't play together, that John Calipari couldn't find a way to put a good team on the floor together. So, no, I'm not – like, they're going to – I'm going to take my little shots at them all season. I mean, it's a take business, though, right? I mean, don't don't yeah. you have to have takes? Fair fair enough. And you – but, like, I, I – and this is what gets you more popular is, like, having the definitive, like, I'm not backing off my takes and this is my hot take. But I don't buy it. Like, I'm, I don't listen to people like that. It, that's not – that's not what I enjoy hearing. I like hearing people that, one, don't like being wrong – and will own up when they are wrong. And also, I think a good take is one that's somewhat balanced. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a take I'm going to take more into consideration than somebody just that's matter-of-factly saying, no, this is definitely the way it's going to happen. That's just me. But you know what? Those other people that have, like, the really hot takes and they shout and yell at people, um, 
they they have made it a little further in this career than I have. Well, here's so the deal. They're, maybe, they're, maybe they're onto something. They they achieved their mission because it is January eighth, and we're still talking about their preseason podcast. So, well, it's not just their preseason podcast. Or, it was an entire off season. It was an entire off season of telling, making sure everybody knew this UK team wasn't good, and now they are good, and now they're coming around to like, oh yeah, this team's good. Well, the point That's is, we're said, still talking about them. That you gonna fourteen foot because they're just goobers. So we're going to yeah. talk about them like we're going to talk about anybody in the media that says silly things. The you gonna fourteen foot lefty hook is all day. Eh. Eh. <laughs> a KSC podcast listener. Do Scoots have a she shed? No, I have a man room. You have a man room. I do have do a. Man, we do man things. I do have a shed, but it's not a she shed. Is it your smoke shed? Uh, no, it's actually more so for the groundhogs. They have kind of taken it over. Come again? Yeah, I got two huge groundhogs on our property. And they just live in. They live in your shed. So we have this, um, like all of our wood pile for the fire pit is on these like pallets, and these groundhogs just have dug under the pallets, and they live there. Yeah, I'll, I see them all the time. Are uh, okay? Are they not? You don't have moles in your yard, do you? No. Just so the you, groundhogs. You just are, you're, you're cool with the groundhogs. Yeah. No, they're entertaining. I I really, I mean, they don't do anything to hurt me. They are, now if they continue to dig under these wood pallets, they're going to, the whole wood pile is eventually just going to crumble down. So that might be a little bit of a headache. But no, they're cute to look at when they come out in the yard. They do funny things. Can we get a picture of them next time you see them? Yeah. I, I think they're probably hibernating for the winter but when they come back out for spring yeah i'll make sure to go check go go to their house knock on their (laughs) come on out hey it's a scooch here need a picture real quick speaking of picture scoots i saw your your a bit emoji emoji. on 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 your phone you know you can like make your cartoon self on your phone yeah like your emoji Mm -hmm. your emoji i don't know if it really looks like you you know i i had gotten rid of that for a while and then I was at my grandma's last weekend, and one of my uncles just brings up his phone, and he was like, "Hey, do you have the, uh, you have like your picture on on your text?" And I was like, "I'm not sure what you mean." And he pulls up all his like text messages, and he's like trying to get everybody's cartoon picture as their picture on his cell phone. So I, I put it back on mine so he could see it. But I, yeah, I think it looks I'll like me. It, I'll put it on the Instagram page. Everything looks like you, except. That person's not Caucasian. Is the is the my biggest well, issue? Well, I probably this is a pretty significant a pretty significant issue. I probably made it in the summertime when I was like at my peak tan. And it was probably supposed to be more like a tan, tan scoots. Yeah, I because I, I, I'm not like pasty white. I've never been pasty white. I, I agree. You can put on a tan. Um, well, we'll put it to the Instagram page. See what they have to say about it. Uh, but <laughs> I, I saw it over the weekend. I was like, oh, the backwards hat, the tongue out. That's just like. Sco-. I was like, oh, that man's not white. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to look into it. The texter says Dillingham can't play right now. He's totally out of control on offense and defense, trying to do too much. He's hurting the team and stop doubling everything, leading to wide open threes and the Florida banked in threes. Yep, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Edward sucks twice. He's blown layups because he's scared of contact. Yeah, that's you know that's defensively is what it is. He's just behind or he's just not good. I, I, it's shocking to me how athletic he is that laterally he can't be a little bit better staying in front of his man. But yeah, the contact stuff. I would just think like in practice, you're getting bullied to Bolivia if you try to go with weak stuff against a do 
or Trey or or even you know Bradshaw, but he he constantly just seems to not want to go into the contact. I think mentally, I'm worried Justin is close to being lost. Mm-hmm. But there's, I don't think it's there yet or anything. I think he needs to have a good game here, like in the next five. I was thinking about this earlier today. Is we're almost at the territory where we're gonna discuss if he's coming back for another year, right? And that would be probably not, probably not. But you never know. Those conversations do seem sometimes to just come out of left field, Uh, like where it's like February and it's like, oh yeah, Edwards has kind of fallen to mid second round. If people Mm -hmm. notice that, yeah, a texture says. KR, or go ahead and check banked in threes by a center versus Florida on the bingo card. Yeah, it happened a couple times. How does this team foul seven times in 12 minutes and then not foul for the rest of the half? I just can't see Florida shooting like that again in the second half, but I've been wrong before. You were totally right, Texter. Every time UK makes a run, a whistle shifts all the momentum. That's That's road life in the SEC. I actually thought the officials were not good, but I thought it was pretty average college basketball officiating. And then I got a little worked up at the end with some of like the touchy fouls, but that kind of is their their calling card who was, there. Who was on the call for the broadcast? I haven't heard any complaints about that. Uh, it was Jay Billis. Oh, okay. And uh, who who's the guy? Dan Shulman. Or Shulman. Yeah, yeah. And so actually, there was a lot of co- like their their microphone sounded horrible. Oh Big yeah, Blue I heard Bud that. Had- like the fir- at the start of the game. Yeah, he had a funny tweet. He was like, and I saw some people tweeting out like, "Are they talking between tin cans and string here?" Like, <laughs> it, it did sound really bad. I, I'm I'm just out on Florida basketball. Unfortunately, I hate their the camera angle they have. It really bothers me on depth perception for whatever reason. It's like way too steep. I don't like that. Uh, remember last year, um, Matt? I, I had this I had this brought up to me. Um, but the last year of the broadcast, Tom Leach had that girl screaming. Oh, Lauren. Yeah, Florida Lauren. People forget that. Uh, Matthew Bradford brought that up to me, which was hilarious. And then you also had the people like try to kill Case and Wallace last year. I actually uh, meant yeah. to play our Florida Lauren rejoin on Friday, and I forgot. Yeah, that's okay. Do it tomorrow. A uh, texter says, thank God they reviewed that play only if they reviewed plays when they actually mattered, like the Final Four game in 2015. I'm sorry, it still hurts. It's Hey, spoiler alert, it's always going to hurt. Trust mm-hmm. me. Hearing Goose and Leach's call of Bradshaw hitting that three makes me so happy. Great, tough win for the Cats. I love that feature on Goose over the weekend. I retweeted it. Uh, I think I did. It was awful announcing had it. Anyone else see the video of Scoots in the Alabama Bass Pro Shop? I did, Scoots. I didn't know you went down to Alabama this weekend. <laughs> There's something else I missed. What, what happened in the Alabama Pro Shop? Scott drove his car into a Bass Pro Shop, got out naked, and then jumped <laughs> into like the big, you know, like water display that they have with like the fish in it, which people have been doing more and more lately. And then so the cops are there and they're like, hey, get out, buddy. And the guy jumps out the side, which is really dangerous, falls hits his head, knocks himself out, just butt naked. Oh, my gosh. But a lot of people were wondering how, how just how cold that water was at the Bass Pro Shop because it you're told it's a man, but you don't you can't tell <laughs> it. So that's where the correlation of people thinking it was me comes in. Got it. Because nothing checked out until you got to that last part. <laughs> a season of 90 Day Fiance was filmed in Louisville. Did you know that, Scoots? I didn't know that, no. Maybe you should watch that one. Nah. I would watch. I like seeing like Louisville in the background of TV shows and stuff. I, I would have no interest in watching any 90 Day Fiance except for that one, just because I would like to see like the stuff in the background. Scoots, every UK game is posted on YouTube without commercials, usually no later than the next day. How about that? Didn't know that. Now I do. T 
TJ, I want to thank the Packers in advance for donating a playoff win to Dallas. Appreciate it, buddy. I do think Dallas gets us, but that's that's all right. Jordan Love's just getting started, bro. The funny thing is, too, like Scoots, is if they do somehow beat Dallas, you get to go to San Francisco the next week. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, but you know what? The only Super Bowl Green Bay won that I got to enjoy, uh, they were they came as the last seed in the playoffs. Well, the NCAA bootlicker Scoot with the big Z take, like they won't have proven over and over again that they're an incompetent organization. All right, we'll save that to tomorrow. We didn't get to all the text, but we got to most of them. Thank you. Fun week. Coming ahead, TJ Walker, Nick Rouse, Justin Kalen. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X. Okay. Roll Call.